Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hello and welcome, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. In this episode of Fashion Talks, I sat down with three creative icons, British fashion designer Dame Zandra Rhodes, who has dressed everyone from Natalie Wood to Diana Ross to Freddie Mercury to Princess Di, musician known as Parliament, known as Funkadelic, George Clinton, revolutionized R&B in the 70s, still records with the likes of Drake, and iconic shoe designer John Fluvog. And we are literally sitting down on a couch in the Fluvog flagship store in Toronto, having this conversation, sharing mics, people are walking around us, shopping for shoes. It was a pretty special moment. Let's get right to it. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. This is such a pleasure. John, I'd like to start with you. I read a really cool quote of yours where you said that when you're designing, you're not thinking about trends, you're thinking about feelings. And I wonder if you can kind of articulate and expand on that a little bit, a little bit more. I think feelings are what makes the world go round. We all, we live in a world of feelings and fashion is feelings. Uh, Fashion and beauty are how it makes one feel. You go to an art gallery, you go there because it makes you feel a certain way. And I love the idea of making people feel special in my shoes and walk in another world almost and Maybe pretend they're, maybe pretend they're somebody else, but they're not somebody else. They're themselves. It's another piece of themselves, because I think we're so multifaceted as as humans, and we forget that we have very funky sides. We have un, we have happy sides, sad sides. We have, and we feel different on different days. And I love the idea that people can wear my shoes and express those different. Feeling. So sometimes they are not bold enough to do it. But when they are, I think it's just wonderful and it makes them feel terrific. It makes them know how marvelous they are. George, I can see you smiling as John is talking. And I'm wondering if that, like, how does that sense of a feeling when you're collaborating with someone like John that has that kind of like big boldness with his designs, how does that manifest for you? Well, I just learned how to intellectualize it when I listen to it. Because I, <laughs> I didn't know what to call it. I just know, I just know that I like this style that he's doing. And I've been drawn to the style in here in Toronto with this kind of shoes for a long time. So we had mutual taste from like the early 70s that he just like I said intellectualized it I go from I was a barber I'm a singer so I knew how to see styles coming and and how to accent them with whatever hairstyle so I was very aware of that and being a um, singer we used to have to wear suits that was alike and that was the style and then in the late late 60s the psychedelic era came in so you didn't have to be bound by the uniform and the freedom of choosing your own styles. Um, again, he just gave me 
some intellectualizing <laughs> stories to tell because I just don't what I feel and what I see. I guess it's what I feel. Right. Yeah. And and Sandra, I can see you just like beaming as you're listening to this. It sounds like that idea of like following your feeling. Is that is that intuition? Is that how you how you are designing as well? Oh, John, John does shoes that make you feel happy. They make you smile. You come into the store and you're drawn to it. And watching here as people been putting on shoes and and how it they they turn into another person and you can see that they're going to just glide along feeling yeah. wonderful i mean i can't i couldn't wait to put on my new my new sneakers they were just gorgeous and zandra when you are you know collaborating and working with someone like john like looking at you know your textiles and the same for you george like there seems to be a vibe that is kind of shared a little bit how does working in collaboration with someone influence you when you go back to work on things on your own, when you're working on maybe another collaboration or an own design? How does this fuel your process? Well, it, 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 first of all, it's invigorating to come for the whole Fluvog experience and plan my outfits to go with each particular pair of shoes that I'm going to wear. Um, I mean, these have become a wonderful um, experience of using my textile patterns in the shoes themselves. And then it feels wonderful. It's a bit like being in The Wizard of Oz, where you can just show show your shoes and glide along the pavement and feel wonderful. I love that feeling of shoes, too. And George, as a performer, I imagine shoes are such an important part of your entire outfit, which has such consideration, but how does the shoe, like they literally ground you, no? Oh, well, these shoes in particular, um, like I said, I've been in love with this form of since the 70s and he's accented and brought it back. And, you know, and my wife is a fanatic. She's a Fluvog fanatic. She's got everything, you know. So I'm, I see the people that buy the shoes, how they feel about it. You know, that's another thing that's drawn to it. And it's just make you a part of it. And putting the art on to see what he did with the style and the art, that really made me feel like, wow, this is something I really want to do. I saw your shoes on, um, that somebody had them on today. I got a pair of those. <laughs> you know, but we have a mutual friend in London. Oh, she said, I know the girl that did the shoes. And so I bought them when they first came out. But he do something that, you know, correspond with my feelings from, like I say, the psychedelic era, the 70s. It's I'm still an old hippie. No, you're yeah. like giddy about it. Like I can I'm, feel I'm, I feel I so mean, excited about it. I was glad it. to see that it still worked because I warm, you know, I'm 83 years old. I still warm the old ones. And these gave me a new lease on life. <laughs> yeah, I can still wear them and they still... Yep, and they're cool. People are like, where do you get those shoes from? What is it about? And I'd like everyone to kind of comment on this because you mentioned like there's that cool factor that's got a timelessness to it as well. Like what is it about the psychedelic era and aesthetic that keeps it relevant, do you think? I don't know. I think that's when people broke free from having to be uniform and they made it where you could personally like something or you could do it as a group. 
it gave you that opportunity to be yourself and and whatever, no matter what it looked like, you know that yeah. that era just still linger with me. You know, I'm I can remember seeing these boots on Beatles and you know the, the rock era. It, it was the type of shoe that if you played funk music, you played doo wop music, you played rock, it fit everybody. You know, even when they try to be nostalgical about it, it still looked fresh. You know what I mean? When I see these shoes, I say, well, I remember these hills from a long time, but it still looked brand new. The pictures that you see on the wall, that, that's still the feeling that I get from it. And like London looks like that normally. <laughs> so. London has a vibe, that's for sure. John, we're sitting here in, in your store surrounded by all of these beautiful pieces of art that, we, that are your shoes. How has your design evolved since your first pair? Like, because I can sort of see some of that same, like, kind of psychedelic uniqueness that's been a bit of a through line. But from your first pair, have you deviated a lot from your design or has the feeling that you want to feel evolved at all? Comes to me to say to you is I, I hope they haven't at all. Yeah. I hope I haven't changed one bit. I hope it's the same vibe. It's the same energy, because I think, I think those that energy that comes, we it 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 it, it goes by us. It's it, you call it the atmosphere, mm -hmm. you call it um, you you call it a spiritual thing. You call it a wind. You you can call it feeling. It's going by us, and we grab those things and we mix it with our own created being, and what comes out is something. It's unique to us. And so the very first things that I did, I still see myself doing them or being drawn to them because it's a combination of seeing out and being okay with myself. Well, you that was pretty philosophical. No, you're being very philosophical today. I'm so into it. Here's Andrea. I think the unique thing about John is that they actually, they're above fashion. They don't, they don't date. They, they're an artistic experience that, that makes you feel great. And of course, they're colorful, which I can never resist. Um, do you know what I mean? So they bring a smile. They make you, it really is like being in Wonderland. It's like antique, but brand new at the same time. Antique and brand new at the same time. That is a good one. <laughs> I mean, it really do. It really, like grandma too, but they're like, they're but they're not. <laughs> well, and this makes me think of you know you are all artists and creatives that are kind of heralded as being very true to your authentic artistic vision and authentic self. And I'm wondering if what you're talking about, John, like that energy and, and the flow that happens, is that how you, is tapping into that, how you preserve that sense of authentic integrity in yourself? Yeah, I think it's how I, it's my happy place. It's how I know who I am. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell a story more for George, but I was I was in uh, Quebec City and I was at a jazz festival and I was listening to a jazz quartet playing contemplative jazz, 
two of them. They're, and they're weaving in and out. It was, it was mesmerizing. And I got to speak to them afterwards. And one of them said to me, just out of the blue, I didn't know what to say to him, but he said, you probably think there's no leader. I go, and I go, he said, no. He said, one of us hears it out there and lays it down and the other one follows. That's right. But somebody heard it. And that's what I think creation is, is hearing it, is ability to hear, I could say see, but hear in that other dimension. And that's what's exciting about life. And that you see how it makes me feel. That's the essence of life for me. Sandra, does that resonate in terms of creativity and collaboration? Someone hears it and everyone, like what's your reaction to, to John's story there? I think that's fabulous. I mean, it, it, I mean, I just, I just like seeing everyone light up when they put the shoes on. And the shoes are a statement, but they're comfortable, which yeah. is essential. Yeah, yeah. Comfort, comfort, color, and well, statement. I'm, I'm colored man, too. So it works for you, whatever. <laughs> it still works. I mean, I'm drawn to colors with the I'm drawn to colors that I can't even see, but I can, like you say, feel them. I can feel shades and tones, but I don't see them grays and light grays and dark grays. And, but I can feel that there's other things to appreciate. You know, like I say, being a barber helps. You learn how to fade and just view the shapes and feel that it's correct. See the nuances. Yeah. George, what's it been like because you've collaborated collaborated with John a couple of times, what's the experience like after the first time? Because the for like I'm the first time you collaborate on a shoe must be a little bit different than the subsequent times that you collaborate oh, on a shoe. They'd be happy that he wanted to do it again, <laughs> <laughs> and to do it a third time, I really felt like I was somebody. But I also know that his shoes are like hit records too. Not only hit records, but collectibles. I mean, people buy them and collect them. I buy, find myself buying two pair, pair where I can wear another pair that I can save because they, they look like something that's going to be collectibles in the future. That you know, And I do a lot of things like giving them to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or museums. So they want my, and I don't want to give my shoes away. So I want to have an extra I want to have an extra pair that I might have to give the you know, Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> the Smithsonian would be nice. Oh, I got uh, the spaceship there. So, and I got a couple of pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Zandra, what's it like going back to designing your textiles and working on uh, things that are, I'm going to make air quotes and say your own art after you've been in a collaboration? Well, you, you, when you've done a collaboration, you see things that you've designed that get used in a totally different way, and it gives you further inspiration to where you're going to next. I mean, the thing that's so fantastic about the current ones that John's just done on, on these, these sneakers is the fact that they relate to designs that I did of flowers with neons and spaceships and little cars, and it brings back all the things that were memories of me in the 
in the 60s and seeing them come out again looking so vibrant they take on a totally new life. So it's like seeing seeing old friends evolve a little old bit. Evolve and shine again. I want to shift the conversation a little bit to, you know, veterans of the fashion industry. How have you seen the industry evolve since you've started in it? And what are some of your favorite evolutions or pivots or shifts that you might have experienced in fashion? That's a hard question for me. I'm not sure I actually like fashion that much. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and why is that? What is it about? What is it that makes you say, I like, I'm, I'm not really, uh, I don't like, I don't like to think that I'm a dedicated follower of fashion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> as the song goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to think that I am a follower of trends that, go past fashion you know there there are feelings around that run around the world atmospheres and feelings that we all we all get touched by and so the objects that we buy the music we make the things we do are all a picture of our feelings of what the feelings out there are mm -hmm. so um fashion itself sometimes is I don't like it because it's it's done with a big money and big marketing, and they push these things and it uh, you can get you can get quote fashion at Zara now and anywhere for and it takes the fun out of it takes the fun of it away, so you have to play the game in a different way. That's what I'm finding. So I play. It's not just the shapes. It's not just the feelings. It's it's the messages that I put in my shoes. It's a, it's a sense of humanity. Um, it's even some of the mistakes that I put into them. So they look like somebody made them and did them. It's that resistance to the homogeneous mass production that yeah. I kind of hear you railing against. Yeah. So is there so a... Maybe to that heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to throw this to everyone. Is there a difference between something becoming trendy and something becoming embraced with popularity? You go, George. Oh, John just seemed to make things hip. Yeah, they're not of any particular era. I mean, they're like they're from all eras. I mean, I can relate to my grandparents wearing something like, but it's also very futuristic, you know. So I'm into the styles, being able to be in the styles without being commercial. And at the same time, be successful as hell. I know there's nuances there, George. We're that's talking a, nuances. That's serious. Yeah. He'd be thinking real deep. So it actually, you feel good to read what's inside this shoe or what's on the bottom of this shoe. You know, it's like, wow, there's a whole package here. You might not even want to wear this. That's what I say. I buy two pairs. You have to study. It's like the album covers we made. The album covers was just as cheap as the record. Yeah. He got a shoe that you can actually look, talk, and it's going to be a conversation. As soon as people see, they want us to talk about what you got on your feet. 
I also think that they're shoes that are a work of art in themselves. So the thing about it is you, you would buy a pair of these shoes, but you could treasure them and you could equally have them in the corner under a lovely Victorian yeah. glass case. A little close. This. Yeah. And so they're collectible from the word go. And, and they, they, they're works of art in themselves and a statement. So you're wearing your own statement that you're walking along like Dorothy in, in Wonderland. It's like a museum when you walk into the store. Yes. It's, you know, it's like pictures and photos. And even if you know you ain't gonna wear them all, but they all look special. And George, you were just talking about, you know, you want things to be hip, right? Like yeah. we want that kind of, oh, yeah. you know, longevity. Zandra, do you think, like, what is the difference for you between something being hip and having a longevity and something being trendy? Like, I know we're kind of getting philosophical and parsing words a little bit, but what's the difference there for you? I think that people that buy John's shoes give it much more thought. They're not buying something. They're not buying into a trend. If it fits into the trend, that's one thing. But you're buying, I think, these are even more special in the period that we live in, in that I think people are buying them as collectibles. And they might not wear it every day, but they would maybe get them out and know that they're going to treasure these shoes. And, and they're going to be something that they're going to wear for a special occasion. And I think as well, when you think that the work that goes into things, I don't think we should throw away fashion is one of the worst things that we can think about because I don't think the world can can tolerate waste in that way so here you you're, you're treasuring what you what you're, what you're buying and you're wearing it and then you you think I'm going to put it away for wearing six months but it's still going to be there and you're treasuring it when I first started the podcast I used to start each conversation with asking people, when was that moment when you realized that fashion had greater meaning than just fabric that covered and protected our bodies? Is there a moment where you remember, maybe as a child or a teenager or a young person, where you understood that fashion has more power than that? So I'd like all of you to, is there a moment where you thought that, when you realized that fashion had more power than just protecting your body from the elements? I'm going to say in the late 60s, when you got a freedom of everything, when that whole psychedelic era came in, we thought we knew it all. Like I said, I'm from a barbershop. The dress in our hood was a specific style, you know, but then all of a sudden, everybody was beautiful, no matter what they had on, colors that didn't match work prints that didn't go together worked and you was liberated from being made to have to be in a certain style when that happened i fell in love with all styles i realized how silly you could be and still be fresh and brand new i mean cute hard fly all of it worked and nobody cared and these shoes still maintain that first impression I got when I used to see uh, Master John 
on Young Street. That's the way I felt about those shoes. And like I said, I wore them when they was out of style until they came back into style again. So when I start seeing John shoes, I said, whoa, this is like the same store. But, but for today in the 21st century, still being front and growing to be, look like it's going to be tomorrow's thing. It's that kind of styling, that uh, appreciation of style that um, that was in the late, late 60s, like I said. I think people don't realize how important it is to dress up um, for your morale on how you want to feel. And like I say, I feel with John's shoes, and I like to think that things I design transcend being in or out. You put things together and you feel wonderful. And you've got to face the day. Days can be very difficult to face, but if you're dressed up and you put the effort into it, it helps you face the day, whatever it has. Do you remember an outfit the first time you might have made that connection? I like to think that whenever I put my things on, make me feel like it that. It's always been thus. <laughs> I try. Been thus. I have made some ghastly <laughs> mistakes, but I wouldn't admit to those. <laughs> John, when do you remember fashion having more power than just protecting your body from the elements? Um, I've sold a lot of shoes in my life. I spent 10 years of my life selling shoes in a shoe store. It was my own shoe store. But during that time, and I, I remember it today, I can even remember certain women, more women than men, they'd put a pair of shoes on, and I'd know from the moment they went on the foot, the way they felt when they went on, the noise the shoe made as it slipped on, it makes kind of a sucking noise, can they fit? <laughs> and and I, I do them up, put lace them up, put the straps on, and then the feeling that it would give those people as they tiptoed over to the mirror and they looked at themselves and it just, they went to a different world. They just went, and you know, I knew the money was in the cash register. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We are running a business here, people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, running a business. So I had to sell them, but yeah, it kept me going. Yeah. But it's, it's that feeling that I remember the feeling that it gave people. And that's what, you know, that's when I realized that I wasn't really selling fashion. I was telling people and making people feel great and feel wonderful about themselves. We're just getting ready to wrap up. Thank you all so, so much. I'd love to know, besides John's beautiful shoes, what is lighting you up right now? What is filling your tank? What is inspiring you? What's something that's really like keeping you energized right now? Just thrilled that people still want my, my designs. I'm doing a wonderful range in, in London that's going to go internationally from, with a Spanish company. And I've done sunglasses and everything. So it's been wonderful for me just working and seeing what I can design spreading across the world. It's given me, you know, besides music, it's given me a chance to explore the art, collaborating with him and using the fact that I'm an artist. To have that being relevant at this point in my life, 
It's like, wow, I feel like I'm all that. <laughs> <laughs> you are all that, George Clinton. John, what about you? What, yeah, exactly. What's keeping you lit up these days? Uh, lots of things. Art. Um, I just saw a picture of our store in Melbourne done up. And we designed that store. I actually uh, made some of the bits for it. And I saw the picture of it and I went, John, <laughs> wow, that's my store in Melbourne. It's got my vibe. And my energy, it's one it's made me feel terrific. John, George, and Zandra, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure. That was really great talking to those three amazing artists, creators, designers. Uh, to learn more about John Fluvog and the collaborations with George Clinton and Zandra Rhodes, you can check out the website, fluvog.com, and that's linked in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks. It would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at CAFA Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at Fashion Talks Pod, and you can follow me at This Is Donna B. All of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.